is with you. Let us pray. God of unnatural wisdom, you gave us Jesus, our rabbi, to question the rules we play, the submissions we enforce. May your living truth free us from the lie of exclusion and make us all learners and doers of your word. Through Jesus Christ, our teacher and liberator. Amen. Last week, in our dialogue, we mentioned Brene Brown and her work on vulnerability. Brown's revelations on vulnerability come up a lot for us as they exemplify the life and teachings of Jesus, the ultimate model of vulnerability. Something we rarely address is how Brene Brown arrived at her insight on vulnerability. It came through studies on shame. In her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, Brown describes shame as a feeling that you are not enough, not good enough, not pretty enough, not humble enough. You get it. You get that idea. Brown makes an important distinction. Shame is not guilt. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Brown says that shame needs three things to survive. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. The antidote to shame is empathy. Today we dive into a passage that is chock full of shame. Martha shames and gets shamed, which has left a legacy of shame across thousands of years and millions of people. Today we are going to bring to this story some of shame's antidote, empathy. Let's review the passage. Jesus visits a village. Martha invites Jesus over. In Luke, Martha invites Jesus over. Martha is the hospitable one. In a culture that values hospitality as one of its highest virtues, Martha is a model of greatness. Martha is like Abraham in the Genesis passage today. She shows incredible hospitality, extravagant generosity, for which Abraham is blessed and blesses all humanity afterward. It's a big deal, this hospitality. But while Martha is doing the work of Abraham, of hospitality, her sister Mary comes in and hangs out with Jesus. And what happens next is a tricky step. I'm not going to paraphrase it passage says, Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. Shame. So much shame in there. Martha's shame, Mary's shame, Jesus's 
shame. Brene Brown observes, we judge people in areas where we're vulnerable to shame. If I feel good about my parenting, I have no interest in judging other people's choices. If I feel good about my body, I don't go around making fun of other people's weight or appearance. She says, we're hard on each other because we use each other as a launching pad out of our perceived deficiency. Martha initiates her judgment from shame. She shames Jesus and Mary because she feels shame. Now, any of us who have read this story and have anything at all in common with Mary, Martha, or Jesus also feel shame. It's a big steaming pile of shame. What's the antidote? Empathy. Is Martha a bad person? No. Is Martha stressed out? Yes. Does she have a valid point? Yes. I feel for Martha. I want to tell her I've been there. I would love to sit around and pray and meditate all day long. I would. But I also want to keep the lights on in the church. I also need to keep my family going. I need to make lunches for the kids and wash their clothes and put their clothes on and put their clothes away. There's a lot of work to do. Earlier this week, uh, just after giving the kids breakfast, Mary Beth was out of town and I just had the kids alone. And just after giving them breakfast, I was about to like wash up and get ready to make their lunches and get them on the road. When Amos came up to me next to the dishwasher and said, play with me, daddy. <laughs> because I was aware of this passage that day, I did take a little break, but a lot of times I can't. Often I can't. Often I find myself more like Martha than Mary. Which is why it is easy for me to share the antidote, to model vulnerability and share my empathy with Martha. Remember the five love languages? The five ways in which we all receive and express love, words of affection, gifts, physical touch, quality time, and acts of service. Martha's primary love language is acts of service. Mary's primary love language is quality time. Neither one of those is better than the other. They are just different. Both have their place. Historically, particularly during the monastic period of the Middle Ages, Mary and Martha were treated as archetypes. Mary was exemplary of the contemplative life, monastics who spend all their time and energy in communion with the divine through prayer and meditation. Martha was the archetype of the so-called active life, those who let the worries of the world choke the seeds of God's love, to mix metaphors and passages. Along those lines, we could also make Martha a model of dualistic thinking. For Martha, everything is either or. Either Mary is helping me or she isn't. Either Jesus is going to fix it or he isn't. But that approach to this passage only perpetuates the shaming. This this story needs healing. It needs healing from a legacy of misogyny. 
the Women's Bible Commentary describes how the story of Mary and Martha has been used to pit women against each other for millennia. Renita Weems, the author of Just a Sister Away, A Womanist Vision of Women's Relationship in the Bible, steps into Martha's shoes and voice, saying, I have been accused of being bossy, argumentative, and aggressive, but what I am, I have to be. I am a woman trying to make it in a man's world. Empathy. We bring the antidote to shame with us everywhere. In our modern times, there is also shame around distractions. The concept of mindfulness has pervaded our culture, for better or for worse, and true mindfulness is essential to the God-love life. It is one of the most important spiritual tools in my personal practice. But I also know a lot of folks who stop their mindfulness practices out of shame for their monkey mind, out of shame for their ADD, shame for distractions. Again, we bring the antidote for shame with us everywhere. We have the healing power of telling others, I struggle with distractions too. When we feel the healing power of empathy, we are able to see the truth that we are surrounded by a love that has no limits. Ultimately, we will all surrender ourselves to love eternal. We all surrender to God eventually. We will surrender our bodies, our accomplishments, our learning, our shame, our shortcomings, our fears, the distractions and obligations of our lives. All of it will come to an end. And we will be wrapped in love eternal united with the divine, with God who knows everything about us and loves us exactly as we are. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.